The following is a presentation of God Questions Ministries. What is friendship evangelism? Friendship evangelism, as a method of bringing people to Christ or sharing the gospel of Christ, has several meanings and connotations. Some people believe that friendship evangelism requires Christians to become friends with unbelievers, establishing a relationship before attempting to address their need for a Savior. Some see friendship evangelism as living a solid, righteous life, a living testimony before others, so that they desire that kind of life and ask how to achieve it. At that point, the gospel is shared. Still others believe that living a righteous life in the world is evangelism enough and that no further efforts are necessary. The theory is that unbelievers will be so convicted of his need for that kind of life that they will seek God on their own. What does the Bible say about friendship evangelism? Each of these three methods of friendship evangelism fall short of the biblical method of evangelism. The first method, becoming friends with unbelievers in order to gain enough credibility so they will listen to the gospel, fails to recognize several important biblical truths. For one thing, believers are not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. The essence of friendship is mutual respect and affection based on agreement on basic life principles. But how can a believer really have such a relationship with an unbeliever? In light of James 4, verse 4, and Ephesians 5, verse 11, such a relationship is not biblical. The unsaved person is part of the world, which hates God and the people of God. How can such a person have affection and respect for believers who are part of the kingdom of God? Are we to be friendly toward unbelievers? Absolutely. Are we to have intimate relationships with unbelievers? Biblically speaking, no. Furthermore, neither Jesus nor the disciples practiced this type of friendship evangelism. Jesus didn't limit his gospel presentations to his friends and relations. He preached to complete strangers the message of repentance from sin and salvation through him. He sent his disciples out two by two, and they preached that people should repent, Mark 6, verse 12. If people refused to listen to them, Jesus instructed them to shake the dust off their feet and move on to the next town. He never encouraged them to settle down for a few months and develop friendships with those who rejected his message, nor did he tell them to avoid quoting scriptures so that their hearers wouldn't be offended or turned off to the gospel. He knew that the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18, and that most people will reject that message, no matter how friendly the manner in which it is presented. Christ was rejected by the world, and he told us to expect the same reaction. What about the method of evangelizing through our living testimony? There is no doubt that we are to live righteous lives before the watching world, and there certainly is power in the testimony of a life transformed by Christ. A classic example of this is Jesus meeting the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4. Jesus was able to tell her everything about her life, including the life of sin she was living now. Jesus, in his infallible way, gave her the gospel, and of course she believed. Verse 39 picks up the story. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. Everyone in that town knew this woman and the sordid life she lived. What caused them to believe in Christ was not only her words about Jesus, but her transformed life. She was a living testimony to the power of the gospel of Christ. So impactful was the change in her life that they knew something miraculous had happened, and they asked Jesus to remain with them, which he did for two days, preaching the same gospel of repentance and the offer of the living water of eternal life through him. And many more believed because of his word, John 4, verse 41. 
In this instance, both the preaching of the Word of God and the testimony of a life changed by that Word bore the fruit of repentance. But was the woman's changed life sufficient to bring others to the Savior? No, but it was the impetus for them to seek more information. Can we today expect that our lives will be sufficient testimony to convince unbelievers of their need for Christ? The problem that arises in this third type of friendship evangelism is that too often the lives of Christians are not a good witness of the Lord and Savior we profess to know and serve. Too often the world sees in us more of a reflection of them than a reflection of Christ. To rely exclusively on the living testimony of redeemed sinners who, while saved by grace, still battle the flesh on a daily basis, without the testimony of the truth of Scripture, is to handcuff ourselves in a way the Bible never bids us do. Not even the most well-lived life can compare with the power of the Word of God. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Hebrews 4, verse 12. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? Jeremiah 23, verse 29. Clearly, the biblical method of evangelism is the faithful proclamation of the truth of Scripture in conjunction with the living testimony of those who have been changed by that truth. When Jesus went about teaching the gospel message of salvation, he taught love and forgiveness, being kind and compassionate. But he went to sinners in order to convict them of their sins. A case in point is the very Samaritan woman we've been talking about. Remember, the very first word Jesus said when he began his ministry was, Repent. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Matthew 4, verse 17. We are commissioned to bring that same message to the world, speaking the truth in love from a heart changed by the Savior. God Questions Ministry seeks to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by providing biblical answers to today's questions online at gotquestions.org.